0: You guys can make your way to your seats. Aren't you thankful for the presence of God? In the Lord, good. Well, this week, Jody and I got to get out of town, get out of state, get out of country actually for a few days and celebrate our, our 26th wedding anniversary. Can you believe that? Yeah, we had a few of the TSA agents that would ask, you know, where are you going? Why are you going? And then Jody, when she says, oh, we're we're celebrating our 26th wedding anniversary, and they're looking at her like, huh? Until they look and saw me, they're like, oh, okay, 26. I I get it now. So I don't know what that's all about, but it was so good, so good to be back, and, uh, you know, it's perfect timing. Uh, I'll tell you. Every once in a while, you get an opportunity, and I say you, I'm speaking to you and to me, to hear from someone, and they are someone that I would put in the greatness category. There are a few people that I've been blessed enough in my life to be connected to that have their pulse on heaven in a way unlike I have met other people. And one of those people is my good friend, Avi Mizrahi, who is here with us today. And yeah, yeah. And for those of you that have been with us for, Avi, has it been at least probably five years, brother? Does that sound about right? At least um, six or seven even maybe since you spoke Uh, Here. So, for those of you that's been with us for quite some time, uh, you already know how humble of a man he is, what a great teacher he is. And for those of you that are new, you are going to be blessed beyond measure. Uh, Avi, you are one of the most humble men I have ever met. Um, Because I know you won't even say the things that I know uh, about what you're doing with world leaders all over this world, and people have no idea. Who you are but jesus does and i do and a few others do and i'm so honored to have you here with us today you could have spoken anywhere in this city and people would have gladly had you but yet you chose to be here and so i'm just so grateful for you I think that you are a godsend. I love your heart for Israel. I'll let you share with the people what all you are doing in Israel. But ultimately, I'll tell you this. He is leading as many people into heaven in Israel as he can possibly reach. And I'll tell you what, yeah, amen for that. And so be praying for my brother. He has no easy task ahead of him, let me tell you. But he is doing great things In the country of Israel. And so I'm going to pass the mic to my good friend now, Avi, if you would welcome him as he comes to share with you this morning.
1: Shalom. Before I say anything, Pastor Chris, you said so beautiful things. I don't have to say anymore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I did bring you a gift so could you will you come here I brought you a, 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 a small mug cup from the Geet from our yeah. ministry so whenever this mo- in the morning you get up and have your cup of coffee I will fill it y- you will fill Man. it up Man. and I brought you also a special sweet cookie called okay. halva. halva halva yeah that's sesame that's, okay. that's that's will be a good experience thank you, and thank, you. thank you and thank you. I want to give you this and honor you, you. but besides this I brought another gift
0: Okay.
1: I feel like Santa Claus. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes. Thank um,
1: oh. I brought you this special anointing oil. Mm. This anointing oil is uh, made in Israel, in the Galilee. It's an uh, olive wood jar for you. Amen. Amen. It's uh, scented with myrrh and frankincense, and Amen. it's from the na- Nazareth area. And um, the reason I give you this anointing oil, I just pray that the Lord will continue. To anoint you, to preach the good news, set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted, and um, declare the year of Jubilee. So I bless you as you uh, will give you this anointing oil for his glory in Jesus' name. (laughs) Love you, brother. i like to read from Psalm 122. And after this, we'll show you a short three-minute video. I'm an old-type person. I like the, the real paper, you know? Psalm 122. In Hebrew, we say, Te-he-lim. Psalm 122, verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Where are we? In the house of the Lord. So I'm glad. Our feet have been standing within your gates O Jerusalem. Now he's talking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace, shalom, be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, Peace, shalom, be within you. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. i like to read verse 6 again. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Prosper. How many of us want to prosper? Only 10 people. Okay, the rest of you don't. <laughs> okay. May this prosper who love you. So if you want to prosper, you have to love us in Jerusalem. Amen. Yeah. You don't want to love us? That's okay. Don't prosper. <laughs> now, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In Hebrew, it's beautiful. It goes like this. Sha'alu shalom Yerushalayim. Now, The word pray there is sha'alu, which means really means to find out, ask, inquire. God wants you to find out what's going on in Jerusalem. Why? To bless you. How? By finding out what God is doing in Israel. Why? Because if you watch what God is doing in Israel, is the time clock of our future and prophecy. Why? Because I believe we live in a very prophetic time. Do you believe that? If you don't believe it, come to the front. We're going to lay hands on you and slap you a little bit to wake you up. (laughs) (laughs) You see, I believe it's very much in God's heart for you to find out what's going on. And once you find out, then you understand the importance of the time we live in today. So, if you're not able to come to Israel, then I bring Israel to you through the video. And I'm going to, if you want to go to Jerusalem, you have to first come to the city Tel Aviv, Jaffa, because it's the gate. That's where our international uh, airport is, and that's where I was born and raised. So, I'm going to take you first to Tel Aviv and show you three minutes of video of what God is doing with a ministry called Dugit. Dugit in Hebrew means a small fishing boat. We are fishes of man in the heart of Tel Aviv. Let's go and see the video. Welcome to Tel Aviv, Israel. Here we are in Kikar Dizingov, the center of Tel Aviv, located next to our prayer tower, and to our coffee house and our distribution center. Dugit in Hebrew means a small fishing boat. We are fishers of man in the heart of Tel Aviv. Here we are at Dugit Coffee House, Aogen, in Hebrew, the anchor. Come, join us for a good cup of coffee. Shalom Pastor Argo. Shalom Pastor Ago. Well, tell us about Aogen. What's going on here? The Cafe organ We here Shalom, at Cafe Ogen have, have some L'Aviz. of the best coffee the in Tel Aviv, and we also share the message L'Aviz. of Yeshua the Messiah. Wow, this is wonderful. We use organ Coffee House for special art exhibition, live music events, and outreach to the streets of Tel Aviv. We are at the Dugit Distribution Center. This is where we feed Russian new immigrants, Holocaust survivors, and needy families. Pastor David, so good to see you. Tell Hello. us what's happening here. We are here at the Dugit Distribution Center in the heart of Tel Aviv, where we help every month 150 families. We have another location in the city of Rishon Ritzion, where we help another 50 families every month. This is wonderful. We are so happy that we are able to help all these needy families right here in the center of Tel Aviv. We as believers, we know the power of prayer. For this reason, we established the Prayer Tower in Tel Aviv. Shalom, Morel. Tell us about this prayer, tower. What's going on here? Local Israeli believers and Christians around the world join together to worship and pray for the salvation of Israel. This is wonderful because prayer works. Times have changed, and we had to get out in center. We want to reach out to as many Israelis through the Internet and the social media. Evan, tell us about Shelanu TV. Thank you, Avi. We here at Shilano TV, we are 24-7, internet channel and social media platform with only one goal and that is to reach out to the israelis with the truth of yeshua we have talked to thousands of people we have sent out hundreds of books and we are just privileged that dugit supports us and partnerships with us so thank you avi this is wonderful news the gospel is reaching to israelis in hebrew in their own language to the internet and the social media praise god We are at Adonaiway Congregation, led by our senior pastor, Nati Suleman. Nati, tell us about the congregation.
0: Well, thank you, Avi, and thank you so much for your support for the congregation. And this is a place where we believe all people can come together and find the love of the Lord, find salvation, and uh, we're just so grateful to Dugit for everything that Dugit has uh, done for us and is doing for us uh, here in Tel Aviv. So thank you so much, Avi.
1: Yes, and it's wonderful that we have a beautiful congregation in the center in downtown Tel Aviv. Adonai Rui, the Lord is my Wow, it's so exciting what God is doing in Israel today through Dugit Outreach Center in Tel Aviv. So I want to encourage you if you're not a partner to be engaged with what God is doing here in the land and support us in such a time as this. God bless you. Shalom. So I hope you enjoyed this little trip free to Tel Aviv. Well, really, I'm excited what God is going to do to this morning. I want to go back before our Lord and Savior 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, before he went up to heaven, after he was resurrected. He gave a commission to his, to his disciples, Matthew 28, verse 19. Will you put it, the PowerPoint? In Matthew 28, verse 19, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So can you imagine Yeshua is ready to leave the earth and go back to heaven? And he's picking those 12 simple Israeli disciples. Now, If it was me, I would pick up doctors, lawyers, and judges. But he picked up fishermen. Well, most of them. (laughs) Simple people. I mean, that was quite a challenge. And those 12 Israelis took the gospel from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the port of Jaffa, to the port of Caesarea, and from there, Acts chapter 10, it went all over the world and the gospel has been spreading what has happened since then let's see if I can take 7 minutes and concise almost 2,000 years of Christendom and Christianity in 7 minutes do you think we can do that? mission impossible we can try let's see if we can do it in 7 minutes well We know that um, in 70 AD, the the Romans came and they destroyed the the city of Jerusalem. Is the PowerPoint working? Yeah? okay. The Romans, the Italians came and destroyed the city of Jerusalem. They destroyed the temple. And um, they took all the Israeli leaders from there as slaves to Rome. And after this, they left the land totally desolate. And in fact, the Romans said, there is no more Israel. And they left, the left desolate, and they said, we'll change the name. We'll call it Palestina. Why? Because they said, well, um, in the Old Testament days, there was these people called Philistines. They came from the Greek islands. They came to Gaza, Ashkelon, and Ashdod. And they lived there and they fought with the Israelis. But then in Jesus' time, they left. They weren't there. So it's nobody's land. So we'll call it Palestina. Palestine. So as far as the Romans is concerned, there is no more Israel. There is no more God. According to them. Because To them, Caesar is God. Now, after I share this, what has happened to the church? Well, for example, 30 years later, about 100 AD, there was a church spokesman of the church in Antioch. Have you heard about Antioch? Yes? The church in Antioch, the spokesman, uh, about 100, 106 AD, his name was uh, um, Justin Martyr. And he taught that the Christians, the new new Christians now, are the church. And basically, the church has replaced Israel. And then those church fathers start calling the Jews, oh, look at those Jews, they're slaves, they're nothing, they're the Christ killers. Now, later on, in 325 AD, next picture, the Council of Nicaea. The Council of Nicaea was led by an emperor called Constantine. And he's the one that decided to establish Christianity as a world religion all over the world. But then they made some decisions that really was bad. Um, they changed the date of the resurrection from the Feast of Passover. Why? Because they said, well, Jews have their Passover. This has nothing to do with that. Now we established this Christianity, this religion, and now we'll have a different date. We call it Easter. And in fact, they told all the Jews who believed in Jesus, the, the, the food that were still believing in Jesus, they told them, well, you can no longer keep the Jewish feasts and the Jewish holidays. You either join us or you leave. And they m- m- produced a split in the church already then. So, for centuries, we see that the Jews were persecuted because they were the Christ killers. And they were dispersed all over the diaspora among the nations. So, you may say, Wow, so did God forget the people of Israel? Has God rejected them forever? Have you read Romans 9, 10, and 11 lately? <laughs> Well, before we go to Romans, let's go to the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. I see Jesus all over the Old Testament. Do you? You better. In Ezekiel 36, Ezekiel 36, verse 19, it says, So God says, I scattered them among the nations. They were dispersed through other countries. I judged them according to their ways and deeds. In other words, said, God already prophesied through the prophet Ezekiel that because of our sin, God is going is to make it that we will be dispersed in the nations. Of course, he used the Romans, but God is God. God, when God says something, you better pay attention. But then he says in the same chapter, Ezekiel 36, verse 24, But one day I will take you from among the nations, get you of all countries, and bring you into your own land. now can you imagine this scripture set in the bookshelf for hundreds of years was doing something very important collecting dust but then one day May 14 1948 a nation is born next slide in May 14 1948 The nation of Israel declared independence. Our first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, declared independence right there, back in Israel. After 2,000 years, we were dispersed, and here the people are back in their own land, speaking their their own language. Can you imagine, for almost 2,000 years, the Hebrew language was dead. The people of Israel were dispersed all over the world. But then in one day, a miracle happens. What? Fulfillment of the scripture. You see, let every man be a liar, but let God be God. What he promises, he fulfills. And who gets the glory? God. Amen? God is a faithful God. What he promises, he fulfills. Why? Because he's a good God. He keeps his promises he keeps his covenants. Amen? He's a good God. And you can, I don't know if you can see the next picture, but right after Israel declared independence, all our neighbors declared war. We're talking five Muslim Arab countries in the north, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, in the east, Jordan, in the south, Egypt. All these five countries who had. Millions of soldiers, tanks, cannons, air force, the Navy, everything against half a million, 600,000 Jews who had no guns, no nothing. And when Israel declared independence, all our neighbors said, within a couple hours, we're going to go in, kill all the Jews, and throw them to the sea. In the natural, it should have happened. But they forgot something important. In fact, they forgot somebody important. God. See, my Bible says, he that keepeth Israel shall no slumber, no sleep. And God did miracles upon miracles upon miracles. And the nation survived. In fact, we got more land than we had before. So if you ask me, keep attacking us. That's a good formula. (laughs) And you know what? Let me also share this. Our first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, he was not a believer, okay? Okay? But one thing he said after the war, he said, if you want to be a realistic, realistic person in Israel, you have to believe in miracles. Why? Because they saw so many miracles happened, they could not explain it. But we can. Why? Because we believe the God of miracles. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Nothing is too difficult for God. Yeah. And again, what he promised, he fulfills. He said, he that keepeth Israel shall not slumber nor sleep. Amen? You see, Israel is a beautiful country. How many of you have been in Israel? Okay. Pastor, you need to take a tour to Israel. We need to have more people raising their hand. You will love it. Israel is a beautiful country. We just lived in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> we can exchange neighborhoods. I'll take, uh, I'll take Atlanta. And I'll give you Gaza. Never
0: mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, why am I telling you all this? Because today in Israel, we are, have more than 9 million people living in Israel. 7.5 million Jews and, and 1.5 million Arabs. And since 1948, until today, we see Jews every year, every month, every week, Jews coming back home, making Aliyah making immigration to Israel. Last year, we've had more than 70,000 Jews coming back home, mainly from Ukraine and Russia and Belarus because of what's going on there. But every year, we still have Jews from America also immigrating to Israel. So we see, even today, the scriptures being fulfilled in front of our eyes. I don't know if you can see the picture. Yeah. For example, you see the ship there? My parents, for example, the story of my parents. My mom and dad were born in Bulgaria, Sofia, Bulgaria. And they survived the Holocaust. Uh, In fact, after the war, Second World War, my father took a ship in 1947 from Czechoslovakia at that time to Israel, and he was so excited he's coming back home. But in those days, in 1947, the British mandate were there, and they didn't allow Jews into the country. Even after the Holocaust and everything, they didn't allow Jews into the country. They caught him by the seashores of Tel Aviv, the British soldiers, and took him to Cyprus and put him in the detention camp. If you want to know more about this story, you can see the movie Exodus, the old one, the classic one with Paul Newman. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Exodus. And this is the story of my, my, my dad. So here he was in 1947 in, stuck in a detention camp in Cyprus, and all he could do is pray that one day, as we say in Hebrew, L'shana Aba Birushalayim, next year in Jerusalem, which we say every Passover. And this day came, May 14, 1948, when David Ben-Gurion, the first prime minister, declared independence. He said, now, I can go home. So he waited a few months until the ships were able to bring him from Cyprus to Israel. When he came to Israel, he came, he kissed the land. He said, I've been waiting to come home for 2,000 years. The, the Jewish agency said, welcome. So, so, I'm so, We're so happy you're back home. Here is a gun. Go and fight. Right there, that same day, he joined the army and fought the independence war that's the story of my parents. Then they, after the war, my parents met in Jaffa, Jaffa, Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv, Jaffa is one city. They met there, got married. My sister was born. I was born. My brother. And I believe last time I was here, I already shared my testimony, so I won't go over this. But the, the beautiful thing is that we see how God is a faithful God, that he promises to bring us back to land, and we have a physical restoration. But that's not the end of the story. God has a plan a plan of salvation to the nations but also for Israel. Amen. Ezekiel 36 the same chapter in verse 25 26 it says then i will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean i will cleanse you from all your filthiness from all your idols i will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you i will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm standing here before you as a living testimony that the scripture we just read came to fulfillment. And I'm not standing here before you because of my uh, beautiful Jewish nose or my beautiful Middle Eastern beard. No. No. I'm not standing here before you because, you know, I served four years in the Israeli Air Force and then in the reserves in the Israeli IDF. No, all those things are filthy rags before God. I'm standing here before you because of one thing, the blood of Jesus. When I came to know him... When I came to Norm 39 years ago, almost 40 years ago, when I was, I came to America after I served my, my country in duty in, my, in the army years. When I served my country, I came to America. I was lost in sin. I was on my way to Las Vegas to gamble and become rich. <laughs> I stopped in Gainesville, Florida, University of Florida. Anyone from Gainesville here? <laughs> yeah. And there I met the Lord Jesus in a Baptist church. And my, life was, and my life was never the same. Within a few, few weeks, I'm shortening my testimony in two minutes. Within a few weeks, I got saved, got, ma- got, uh, got baptized, got married, and I went back home to Israel, and I never made it to Las Vegas. <laughs> God changed my life totally around, so that's why I'm standing here before you and giving all the glory and all the honor to our Savior and Lord, Yeshua, jesus my savior and lord amen he deserves all the glory so i'm sharing all this because god has a plan he has a plan to bring forth the one new man that he's talking about in ephesians Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15 to bring the jew and the gentile and to create the one new man preparing the bride for the wedding Oh, do you know that we have a wedding coming up? We have a great wedding coming up, and you better get ready. Amen? Okay, so what is happening in Israel today? Well, I can tell you that we have seen in the last 30, 40 years such a growth of more and more Jews coming to the Lord like we have never seen before. We have seen so many Arabs coming to the Lord like we have never seen before. And you know what? Jewish, Jewish and Arab people in the land of Israel, we meet together periodically, we pray together, and we take communion, and we proclaim that there is one Lord and one God and one Savior. I mean, I've come here this morning to bring you good news. You want bad news? Go and watch CNN. We live in exciting, exciting times. So let me give you a couple of examples, very short examples. Well, in the last few years, in the last almost six years, there's been a prayer movement called Welcome the King of Glory. And about six years ago, it happened that we have some believers from the Pacific Islands, the other side of the world from Israel, New Zealand, Australia, Samoa, Fiji, Solomon Islands, Vanatutu, and all these islands, they came to us and said, the gospel has reached us, and we want to come and worship with you in Jerusalem. So we had a great conference with them, and we have been since then praying together. Once a month, we'll meet about 100 leaders, Israeli leaders, intercessors. We we'll meet together and pray and worship and pray for our government, pray for the salvation of Israel. And there's such a wonderful spirit between us of unity and respect, which is a total miracle. You know why? Because we have a saying back home in Israel. You have two Jews, you have three four opinions. <laughs> and here we are, about <laughs> 100 leaders praying together in total unity and love, praying for one another and praying for the salvation of Israel. And you know what? God hears, God hears those prayers. So we decided to do a conference because we believe in the prophetic In December 2019, just before this virus called Corona, have you heard of that? (laughs) COVID 19 showed up, we felt that we need to go to Jerusalem and do something very prophetic, to Nazareth, sorry, and do something very prophetic. Now, what am I talking about? Well, the whole world knows that we, the Jewish people as a whole, and the leadership of Israel, at that time rejected Jesus at the cross and we said crucify him, crucify him we have Caesar, we don't need need any Messiah, okay but where was Jesus first rejected? Nazareth do you remember in in Luke, he opened the scroll when it was time, he read Isaiah 60, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and as he read the scripture, he closed and said today it's being fulfilled now, he did it where? In his synagogue. The synagogue he used to go every Shabbat to pray. And all his friends, neighbors, family were there. And you think, you know, he, now he's coming to fulfillment. He's saying he's being fulfilled. He's a prophet. They should also say, yeah. What did they do? Exactly the opposite. They were mad. <laughs> they pushed him out of the synagogue to the cliff. And they were ready to throw him. And he, even, he has not even started his ministry nice nice welcome to a prophet well we know usually in the scripture said the prophet is not known in his own city but by the guess of God he was able to escape from their um, what they were planning to do So we felt we need to go back to Nazareth and pray now let me explain to you in Israel we are experiencing again you know millions of tourists you know, before, uh, last, like before COVID, we used to have every year about 4 million pilgrims coming to Israel a year, mostly Christians. Okay? And it's wonderful to see all the Christians from America, from Europe, from Asia, from Africa coming and praying. We say amen to that. But we felt, we as the Israeli body, that it's our responsibility to go to Nazareth and prophetically on that cliff repent for rejecting our own prophet, our own Messiah. So we went, there's a picture, we went to the gathering in the hill of Nazareth on the 16th of December 2019 and we said, you know, we plan to take a few minutes and repent and, and, and welcome him back and we'll see what happens. So we went there and here we are, you can see also in the next picture, I don't know if you can see that. In the next picture you can see all of us starting repenting and then the spirit of God hit us and we were on the floor for almost a couple hours just repenting for rejecting our own prophet our own Messiah Yeshua in Nazareth and then we have our Arab brothers they came with us sat with us and repented they said you know we the Arab and the Arab world all these years wanted to kill you and throw you out, replace you. We want to ask your forgiveness. And then we went back to the conference room, the hotel next to the hill there. And then we met, we had everybody there, and then we had leaders from the nations coming to us and say, we want to repent also for replacement theology in the churches. For those who may not know what I'm talking about, he has been teaching in the churches that now God has done away with Israel and with the church, has replaced Israel. And we want to repent of that. So there was, for hours, we were there just repenting before God. And after we did that, we stood up in the next picture. I don't know if you can see that. In the next picture, we stood up all the local Israelis, Jewish and Arab pastors, and we invited all our brothers and sisters from the nations, and we served them communion. And after we served communion, we asked the guys with the trumpets and the shofars to blow. And as they were blowing, we started singing, Baruch Haba B'Shem Adonai, which means, Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. And we started welcoming the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we said, Lord, there is one body, there is one Lord, one head, and his name is Yeshua, Jesus. I don't know about you, but this gets me very excited. You know why? Now we can go to Romans. Romans 11. Romans 11.1. 1. Yeah, I have the scriptures as well. I say then, Romans 11.1. 1. I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. For I am also an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. Verse 11, 11, 11. I said then, have they stumbled that they should fall, the Jewish people? Certainly not. But through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to you Gentiles. Can you imagine? God has orchestrated this, that by the rejection of the Jewish people, rejecting Yeshua, salvation has come to the nations. But is this the end of the story? No. No. Now he wants you to provoke us Jews to jealousy. Please do a good job. And please hurry up. Time is short. You see, if you do that and all Israel will be saved, Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Don't you want him to come tomorrow? I'm ready. So do a job. Do your job, please. Romans eleven twelve. If their fall is riches for the world, and their failure reaches to the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. Verse 15. For if they're being cast away, as they're a of the world, what will their acceptance be? But life from the dead. Hey, wow. Well, somebody's excited here. <laughs> I tell you, I'm very excited because it means the bride is getting ready. Yeah. Well, let me explain to you. For 2,000 years, I don't know if you can see the picture of the bride. For 2,000 years, there was a half bride. For almost 2,000 years, basically, it was mostly Gentile. Half bride. Well, let me stop here for a second. Let me ask a question. How many husbands do we have here this morning? Husbands, raise your hand. Do you remember the day of your wedding? Yes? How would you like if I tell you, okay, you can get married to a half bride? No deal? (laughs) No? Well, it's the same thing. We see we have a groom in heaven, and his name is Jesus. And this groom has been waiting for almost 2,000 years for the bride to get it together. And now what has happened? Since we're back in the land, the scripture is being fulfilled. He's poured us his Holy Spirit. He's removing the veil from the Jewish people. And now they're coming to a full maturity, and they're ready to join to, to make the... Can we have another picture of the whole bride? I don't know about you, but this gets me excited. This means that 2,000 years ago, when the gospel went from Israel to the nations, I have a picture there, and went all the way to the other side of the world, Pacific Islands, and now the gospel from the Pacific Islands is coming back all the way back home to Israel, to Jerusalem. In other words, mission complete. I believe it's time for the veil to be lifted off of the eyes of the Jewish people that they will see the true Messiah Yeshua. Now, remember it says that he's coming back to his bride without spots and wrinkles. I believe God is shaking this world and that's why he allowed this whole thing, COVID-19, this corona, to shake every country, shake the world and the church from all these spots and wrinkles that needs to get rid of and focus to what is important, to follow Jesus with all your heart. Say, Lord, we have wasted our time in fighting over the carpet should it be red or blue what kind of chairs should we have in the church or or do you believe in the rapture or you don't believe in the rapture who cares when he comes i'm ready it's time that we get our eyes be beyond arguing and fighting over theology and let's come together and worship him and pray and preach the gospel. And make disciples. And let's get the kingdom of God expanding all over the world. So all Israel should be saved. Yeah. That's what I want to see. See, I believe in Jacksonville, there are many people lost who don't know the Lord. I'll tell you for an example, which shocked me. I'm staying here in a hotel here in downtown. I just arrived a couple of days ago. And I saw this guy with big guy with a big t-shirt, desert of Florida. I was like, what is this? Temple? I said, no. So I went to ask him, sir, excuse me, sir, I'm from Israel. What is this? Oh, we are shriners. We have a gathering here in Jacksonville. I said, What shriners? What temple? Mason? Oh yes, we are Masons. We are having a great time here. And I looked to him and I said, Oh, Yve, oh Vavoy. Oh Vavoy. People are so lost, looking for all this kind of mystical and all kinds of, time, all kinds of things. But let me tell you, no one can fulfill. Nobody is real. But there is only one person, and his name is Jesus. He is good God. He is a faithful God. Nothing is too difficult for him. You face issues, you face challenges. Let me tell you, nothing is too difficult for God. He is a good God. What he promises, he fulfills. I'm here to share this with you, and I'll finish with that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean on your own understanding. In all the ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. Do you believe that? Yes. If you believe that, will you stand with me? Lord, I want to thank you that we live in prophetic time. Lord, that you have done so much has happened in the last 2,000 years, and you're bringing it to a closure. And more than ever, the harvest is ready. We pray, Lord, send us more laborers. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here in this room that is discouraged or disappointed, Lord, I pray even now that your spirit will encourage him because you are the hope of glory. Nothing is too difficult for you, oh God. No diseases, no financial challenges, whatever it is. You are bigger than all those things because you are faithful, God. Great is the Lord and worthy of all the praise. I'm here to encourage you, to let you know that we live in a prophetic time. We see in the midst of all the turmoil that is going on in the Middle East. That is going on with Iran and all the nuclear stuff and all the things that are going on. And the rockets falling on us from Gaza and from other places. We see the hand of God doing mighty things. And we thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. We can trust you. That nothing is too difficult for you, O God. And we worship you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That nothing happens that you're not aware of. That you are a good God. You are a faithful God. You are the God of the impossible. And I want to thank you, and I want to praise you, I want to give you all the glory, Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. Amen.
0: Pastor Avi today gave you a good history lesson, but he also gave you a glimpse into how God operates on this earth, not only in this earth, but let me make it personal how he wants to operate in your life. You see, when we say that we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem, that word peace, and you heard Avi greet you with it, shalom, it is so much more than peace, but you know what that word shalom really means? It means wholeness, completeness. And watch this, the gospel is the gospel of peace. Peace. It's the gospel of shalom. It is the gospel of wholeness and completeness. And I want to share with you this morning what you have saw today and what you've heard today, that it is true in your life as well, that if you will receive this gospel of peace, this gospel of shalom, if you will receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He will redeem, he will restore, he will revive, because that's what he does. God doesn't leave anything unfinished. And I just want to bring this morning's service to a close by letting you know that the work that God has began in each and every one of your lives, he will be faithful to bring it about to completion. And there's two sets of people in this room that need to hear that. First, the believer those who've already put their faith in Jesus Christ, but yet the things that you feel like God has spoken into your heart have not yet come to pass, the story isn't over. It isn't over. And not one word that has been spoken over you will fall to the ground. But the Lord, he will fulfill all that he has spoken. We have but to put our faith in his timing, because how many of you know that faith in God also means faith in his timing? And trust the work of the Holy Spirit as he sanctifies us and as he takes us one step closer to that which he has called us to. I leave that as a word of encouragement to every Christian who you feel like there's a dream, there's a purpose, there's a calling that has not yet been fulfilled. That's okay. God will get around to doing that chapter. Can I tell you he's already written it because in Psalm 139. It says that in his books were written all of your days before yet one of them came to pass. It's already been written. It's already been written. Now, you've just got to step into what he ordained for you before the foundation of the earth. But let me speak to the other second set of people. And that is those of you who may be here today or that are watching online, that you have never put your faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Like, you've been a good American. Like, you know, che- you know Coca-Cola, cherry pie. I mean, you know, Jesus Christ. John Deere, whatever that song is, you know, like, let me tell you this, I'm talking about holy surrender in your life to him, not just the cerebral cortex understanding of, oh yeah, I acknowledge Jesus. Friend, I'm talking about dying to your old self and saying he is Lord of all. And friend, I got to tell you, he's got to be Lord of all. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. But if you will make him the Lord of your life, if you will say, I put my faith in the finished work of the cross and the blood that has been spilled to cleanse me. Friend, he will cleanse you. And though your sin is as scarlet, he will wash you as white as snow. And then you will begin to experience the shalom of Yeshua. You will be able to experience his wholeness, his completeness. But it starts with a heart that is surrendered to his lordship. And so if you have never surrendered your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ, I want to give you that invitation right now. You know, we talked about the bride of Christ and whenever I joined my bride, I said a vow to her. But then after I made that vow, I didn't go and get one car and go one direction and her get in another car and go a different direction. We said that vow, and then we've lived together for the rest of our life. And you know what? That's what we do when we make our vow. We say to God, I believe in my heart that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that you're the son of God. And I put my faith in the finished work of the cross. And at that moment, we are forgiven, we are cleansed. And God starts to do a sanctified work in our hearts. Now, if that's you and you've never done that, I want to give you that invitation as a minister of the gospel. I want to give you that invitation right now for you to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. If that's you, I want you to pray with me right now. Saints of God, those of you who have already prayed this prayer at one point in your life, I want to ask you to join in with me. And together, we're going to all pray this prayer of surrender out loud together, meaning it from the bottom of your heart. Pray this, Lord Jesus. I confess my need for a Savior. I ask you, Jesus, be my Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to turn from it. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for the sin of the world. Jesus, I believe that you rose from the grave Just as your word says. And now I want to know you and make you known. In Jesus' name, amen. And church, can we just rejoice in our salvation one more time? In the Lord good. Come on, in the Lord good. I'm going to pray one more prayer over the Christians who may be discouraged, who feel like that there is something that is not yet brought to completion. I pray over you, Lord. I thank you for every believer, Lord. I pray today, Lord, that encouragement would be in this house. I thank you, Father, for the promise of your word, Lord, which does not return to your void. That says, Lord God, that you would give us beauty for ashes. Lord God, you said that you would give us joy, Lord. Joy, Lord God, in place of mourning. Lord, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of, of heaviness. And we thank you, Lord God, that our roots are going to go deep, Lord, that we will be called oaks of righteousness, the planet of the Lord. And so God, I pray encouragement over every Christian in this place. May they not leave this place discouraged, but may they know that he who began a good work in them will bring it about. Surely he will bring it about to completion. And we thank you for it, God. And we stand firm on your promises that are yes and amen, Lord. So may every believer go forth this week, Lord God, with just the light and the love of Jesus, shining bright your salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. One last thing. Come here, Avi. Stretch your hands. This brother is reaching the nation of Israel. Stretch your hands toward him. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for Avi. I thank you first, Lord God, for the blessing that he is, Lord God, the blessing that he's been to my life personally, the blessing, Lord God, that he's brought today, Lord, and bringing the good news. Now, God, I pray, Lord, that you would meet his every need. God, I know there are things that Avi is praying for, that he's believing you for. So, God, we join in faith and agreement. Your word says, where any two come together, touch and agree. It'll be done. And so we thank you for it. We thank you you your Jehovah Jireh, Lord. You provide, Lord. You own a cattle on a thousand hill, Abba. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, over every need that my brother has, Lord. Raise up, Lord God, workers for his ministry, Lord God. Bring him the funding that's needed, Lord God, to carry out, Lord, the mission and the task. I thank you for that, Lord. I speak healing. I speak long life over you. And I pray this over my congregation every week. I'm going to pray this as our closing benediction. And also over my brother, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I love you, brother. Church, I love you. Listen to me. If you prayed that prayer, look at me real quick. If you're here and you prayed that prayer and you accepted Jesus as your Lord, as you walk out of this auditorium, you're going to see a banner that says, I have decided. And we have some information that we would love to put in your hands. And if you've not checked out our tables in a while, we change those things out almost every week. Look at some of the things that we're doing here. Also, I know that Avi has a table right outside, right there to the right. Check out what they're doing there and continue to pray for my brother. Church, I love you. God loves you. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a wonderful week in Jesus' name. Live all in.